This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. It's game week. It is game week, Mike. It just feels good to say those words. And the weather outside is so nice, too. It's lovely. It's perfect football weather, especially in the evenings. A little cool. It's very nice. We are recording this on Tuesday afternoon, September 7th. As we stand with the roster at this point, we are at 51 on the active roster. We are at 13 on the practice squad, and we are at four on the COVID-19 list. 51 on the active roster because veteran safety Bradley McDougal was waived earlier this afternoon. We are at 13 on the practice squad because Derwin Gray was waived from the practice squad earlier today. The COVID-19 list consists of Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Cole Bandwert, and now Brady Breeze. Brady Breeze is on injured reserve, but he is on the COVID list at this moment. He would revert back to IR at the moment that he can come off of the COVID-19 list. So, to sort of explain, when Ben Jones is ready to come back and Nate Davis is ready to come back, there are roster spots for them. The Titans would need to make no other roster moves. Ben Jones went on the COVID list on August the 29th. Nate Davis went on the COVID list on August the 30th. So based on the 10 days, they would be right in the window starting tomorrow where they would be able to come back. Right. So having that free space where John Robinson doesn't have to make any additional moves, they can just come back and get right to work. That's a good place for them to be. We'll see what else they do as far as additions to the practice squad because they do have three spots left. There are other moves that they uh, they could certainly make with the roster. Uh, we'll see. But it is uh, what we thought last week when we recorded the OTP, Amy, and that is that this would be free-flowing because at that time the COVID list was very large. Now it's not, and that's really good news. Right. The team is starting to get back. The COVID is starting to leave the building, it seems. Um, so now this team can really get to work. We've started to see practice. We saw practice yesterday. A lot of people on the field. They're definitely in regular season mode. So people have been asking, can I go see the game on Sunday? Are there tickets available for Tennessee against Arizona? Was informed just a few minutes ago, limited tickets left. So if you want to go, make some money moves. Got to go. Yeah. You got to go. 615-565-4200, TennesseeTitans.com. You can find tickets there, but Looks like it's going to be a really, really good crowd for the 2021 season opener against the Cardinals. Again, very few tickets remain. couple other things about tickets if you're interested. Um, you can still get a PSL. Yes. Which means you can still get season tickets. September, the last month to purchase season tickets for this year. So you can't do it after the month of September. Inventory is limited, but there are still great seats available. Uh, you can pay off the tickets and everything on a four-month interest-free payment plan, 615-565-4200. There are flex plans for two, three, or four-game packs as low as $126. And those are a great deal. Group seats. Now, we know a lot of the OT people are not in 
Metro Nashville proper or even Middle Tennessee. So maybe you'd like to bring a group to see a game or two. It's only 250 to hold seats. Extremely limited inventory for the Colts, the Monday night game with the Bills, and the Chiefs, minimum 10 tickets. Email groups at titans.nfl.com for more information. Groups at titans.nfl.com for more information. And for $49, the hat that I was wearing around last weekend, the co-branded University of Tennessee Titans hat, Power T, and the Fireball on the same hat. You can get one for $49 plus a 300-level ticket to the Colts and the Titans on September 26th. Proceeds benefit the University of Tennessee Foundation. Again, groups at titans.nfl.com. So we've been talking about some of these things, um, and they're starting to sort of uh, narrow down. Yeah. People are, people are buying the season. Ticket numbers have been good this year. When you can sell more season tickets, that means you have less single-game tickets, you have less flex plans, you have less groups. But we still sort of capture some of that. And so whatever fits you, they'll make it work. But jump on it now. Right. Now is the time to do it. You don't want to get to the point where we're three, four weeks in, this thing's rolling, and you think, oh, yeah, I want to be at Nissan Stadium, and then you can't get tickets to the games you want to go to, or you can't get in on the season tickets because it's too late. So make sure that if you have that little inkling, that little thought that this might be the year, do it. Make a phone call. Make a phone call. Get some friends together. Again, 615-565-4200, groups at titans.nfl.com groups with an s at titans.nfl.com yes so we've had several questions about that so i throw it out do we have other otpqs that you would like to hit here i have a couple otpqs i was perusing through um the messages that i receive when people submit otpqs which if you want to do that head on over to tennesseetitans.com slash O-T-P-Q. Submit your questions. We love to answer them. So this is one from Neil in Huntsville, Alabama. He said, I'm so excited about this season. Great things ahead for this team. However, I am concerned. When are we going to see the starters actually work together? It seems like some practice would be beneficial to them. We saw it yesterday. Yep. We saw, a, you know, an hour and a half, two hour practice. Can't remember how long it was. But uh, the the majority of the group worked together and looked good. And, you know, they're running plays to get ready for Arizona. They're running their own plays to continue to sort of perfect the offense. People looked healthy. Uh, Again, no Ben Jones or Nate Davis right now as we record this because they're still on the COVID list. To me, Neil, that's the biggest concern. Yeah. Because if we get to Thursday – and you haven't seen both of them. I mean, you, you hope maybe one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, or both of them on Wednesday. Then you're starting to get a little bit concerned. The good news is you have David Questenberry. You have Dylan Radins, who's played guard. You have Aaron Brewer, who can play center. You have Sam Brelo and Lamb, who can play different positions. I think you got enough guys to get you through it in different ways. Would you rather have Ben Jones and Nate Davis? Yes. Right. That, to me, is the big concern. But – Julio Jones, out there. A.J. Brown, out there. Anthony Ferkser, out there. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. They practiced. Right. All the greats were out there. The one silver lining to the fact 
that it's Nate Davis and Ben Jones that are still on the COVID list. And you're absolutely right. The sooner the better for them coming back. But they're both veterans. They're both veterans. They're both guys that know what they're doing. I mean, Ben Jones has been playing center for a thousand years, it feels like. So these are guys that don't require as many reps because they know. You know, they right. understand what they need to do. So if you're going to have someone who's cutting it a little close when it comes to coming back, you'd prefer it be a veteran player. Both of those guys did miss some time in camp with other injuries, and so that's a double-edged sword. Hopefully it helps them to continue to heal, but they also didn't have as much work. It's like Tannehill, before he went on the COVID list, he'd taken virtually every first-team rep in practice, and so you didn't worry about that. These guys haven't. So, again, probably helps them health-wise if they had a a twist or a pull or whatever it was, that helps that to heal. But you'd like for them to have some more reps before Sunday. So hopefully when the official start of the practice week starts, then they're ready to go. Mike Keith, here's a question for you. This is from Lon in Silva, North Carolina. How do you spell Lon? This is L-O-N. Okay, have you ever been to Silva? No. Beautiful. Really? That part of North Carolina is so gorgeous. That's Western North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And it is just a fantastic area. Also an area that has put out an inordinate number of great football players in spite of the fact that the population is very small. Huh. So Silva, Bryson City, Franklin, uh, places like that, Brevard, um, it's really an unusual place, but if you've never visited there, that would be a place to go during a bye weekend. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever been to the state of North Carolina. Oh, it's a great place. I don't think I've ever been there. So go ahead with your question. Yeah, this is from Lon. Lon. Um, he says, I watched the video of Mike Keith during Elijah Molden's sack at Tampa Bay. Does Mike always go that crazy when there's a sack? No. But you typically get pretty excited about sacks. Well, I, I got excited about that one because the coaches were in the booth next to us. And we had sacked the quarterback several times. And the coaches were going nuts. Ah. And so I got, I got into it a little bit more than I should have. I love defense. Uh, I love, love, love defense. Just absolutely enjoy great defense. More than great offense, although, you know, scoring nearly 500 points last year was a revelation to me. Yeah. And maybe it's because the Titans didn't score points for a lot of years, and I forgot what it was like. <laughs> I, said, I said our season highlights video should have been Titans 2020, points are good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. But, but defense has always been kind of my bag. You know, it's, it's like why Jarrell Casey's retirement meant so much to me, and part of the reason that Jarrell meant so much to me is – I, I love our great defensive players, you know, the Keith Bullocks and Kevin Carters and Kevin Byard now. And, you know, I just – I love defense. Big Jeff, I love defense. Yeah. So, I do get fired up. Probably not that fired up. But um, it was a little – when I saw the video, I was like, oh, I do that. It's horrible. No, it's not horrible. Well, it's horrible. It's you. You're excited. I'm, yeah, but it's like, calm down, Junior. No, nah, but mean, here's... You know, that's the whole thing. It's just act act like you've, you know, called a sack. Now, it was a remarkable sack. Yeah. He went yeah. under two dudes. It's impressive. Yeah. 
But I don't think there's anything wrong with getting excited. It means you care. Passion well, is good, yeah, Mike. But you you need to calm down a little bit. This See, I don't. Th- I I mean, nobody wants to listen to an announcer who's like, mm, Zach. Well, I mean, that would be terrible. Some people do. No, nobody likes that. No, no one likes that. Well, but some people don't go as nuts over it as I do. Yeah, but those people are boring. Okay. All right. I like it, Mike. Well, I like I, what I'm, you do, I, and I'm I glad. think he likes it too. I'm, well, I'm glad Lon listens, and I'm thrilled that somebody in Silva, North Carolina, is interested in the OTP. That makes me so happy because I love it over there. You've almost sold me on going to North Carolina. I'm telling Carolina. you, it is. You influence too much Western of my travel, North Car- well, First of all, I love Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, I've been there. Okay. Oh, that's in North Carolina. So you've been to North Carolina. Great. I was there for a whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to North Carolina. Well, I said there was a chance. You didn't know didn't Asheville was, was in North Carolina? You know, I did. Oh, boy. Once. Okay. All right. Ash- anyway. Asheville is fantastic. It is. Beautiful. It is. Love North Carolina. Did you go to the Grove Park Inn while you were there? No. Oh. I didn't. I stayed at a friend's house. Oh. So fantastic. Mm-hmm. Go it's ahead. Marvelous. All right. Well, travel with Amy and Mike. Yeah. All right. Final OTP. Or, or we could do name the 50 states with Amy. <laughs> I can name the 50 states. I can't tell you which cities necessarily go in all the Listen states. to the OT people. Jeez. You know she's smart. I really am. Yeah, you know she is. Just don't hold that against her. I just... Do we need to edit that out? Maybe no, we do. I okay. say we leave it. Okay. I mean, all transparency right. here on the OTP. Maybe you should get your own podcast. Oh, all right. Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, he is from Houston, Texas. I've been there. Uh, me too. That is in Texas. Um, why don't we take a gamble with Delaney Walker at tight end? He's played terrific with no weapons for years. Why not have two tight end sets like the Patriots have? Walker and Ferkser sounds like a good tight end combo. Because, first of all, unfortunately his age. Yep. Second, he's not playing for minimum. Nope. Third, you saw reportedly, in air quotes, I'm doing that, reportedly, the Titans redid – a contract yesterday, reportedly, Julio Jones, to free up cap room because on Thursday, the top 51 rule runs out. Right now, the sal- and I've explained this, but I continue to, the top 51 salaries set the salary cap as of today, September 7th. On September the 9th, the all 53 salaries practice squad and all the guys that have gone on your injured reserve including those who went on your injured reserve and then they came off your injured reserve they they got a payment all that money counts against the salary cap and so you, the moves you're going to make now with veterans you've got to have room to operate during the season generally anything you do from here on out is a have to yep because you're fighting to keep that cap room for as long as you possibly can. And so you are going to see teams over the next 48 hours redo a lot of contracts in order to get as much room as they can when we go from the top 51 designation, which is the off-season salary cap, into the regular season salary cap. I don't think the Titans are probably signing a veteran tight end. If they do, 
it would probably come in week two when you get into a situation that the vested veteran salaries are not guaranteed for the whole year. Right. Probably wouldn't be Delaney Walker. Maybe. Maybe there's something I don't know, but I think that would be a surprise. Yes. I think that Delaney Walker was a great contributor for this team. I mean, he got us through some games where we didn't have too many other things going. And I think that all of that is great, but I think that time has come and gone. Well, that's hard. Yeah. And, and that's hard because he's a fan favorite, and you don't want to hear, well, he he hasn't played a full season since 2017. I get it. And he's one of my favorites. Yeah. But, but the same way it hurt to realize that Jarrell Casey was gone, there was a reason. And it's the same with Delaney Walker. Yeah. Best to just and and there may be forward. somebody who grabs him at some point. I would think October November and says, "Hey, let's see if we can go down the stretch with him." Maybe that happens. Right now, it's probably not as likely facing seventeen games over eighteen weeks. Yep, I think that's I think that's a good explanation, Mike Keith. All right, and this ends our OTPQs. Send us some TennesseeTitans.com/slash/OTPQ. Let the experts at Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it when you need great health care coverage at a price you can afford. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. This week's opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, I had a chance to visit with Dave Pash, who is the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, also does college football on ESPN. He is an outstanding announcer, a talented, talented human being, and an even better person Here's my visit with Cardinals announcer Dave Pash and his outlook for Arizona in 2021. So pleased to have with us Dave Pash. He does so many different things. He'll call the Cardinals and the Titans this weekend. He's been doing the Cardinals games for years and years. The Dave Pash podcast is outstanding. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, And, of course, he does college football on ESPN this past weekend, Oklahoma's 40-35 victory over Tulane. Dave Pash, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Oh, man, I appreciate the the, the podcast push, Mike. And it's uh, one of those things where everybody's got one now. So uh, we're trying to get the word out as much as we can, and hopefully hopefully people are finding it interesting. Oh, you have good guests. You've had outstanding guests. That's the key. you got to get – it's all about the guests. You, you've got to get good guests. Otherwise, uh, you know, it, it, there's probably not much reason just to tune in to listen to me. So it's all about who you get on and, and you know, what you can get out of them. Or you could just have Bill Walton every week. <laughs> I think that's coming. I'm going to get him at some point here, just uh, working on the timing. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to come on at some point. That'll be four hours, won't it, of a lot yeah, of different topics? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> We love listening to you guys do basketball on television. You do a fantastic job. I want to ask you first, college football. You saw Spencer Rattler over the weekend. What did you think of the Oklahoma quarterback? Well, look, I thought he was going into the season, you know, the clear Heisman favorite. With that, You know, it's really hard to say that when you've got a lot of players that you don't know about. So it was really based on guys that were coming back. And, you know, I think there are times where he looked – like a Heisman Trophy candidate, and then there were times he didn't. In fact, I think you could probably say that he was outplayed by Pratt, the Tulane quarterback, 
for most of that game. Pratt had two fumbles. One was, you know, the center exchange. The other, you know, was a mistake. But, you know, Rattler had two picks, and I thought should have been three. And Tulane had a chance to win that game. It's clearly going to hurt Rattler and going to hurt Oklahoma in terms of the perception right now. Now it may not matter at all in a month or two. And they still may win the national championship. And I hope that this is, you know, just one stumbling block for him because I think he's really talented. I think he's really grown as a leader. And I just wonder, though, is is what we saw in the second half, you know, it should should alarm bells be going off our heads about that Oklahoma defense we've talked about so much going into the season as the biggest reason why Oklahoma was a national title contender. I'm going to make a very fancy broadcasting seg here as I talk about a Heisman Trophy winner and a former Oklahoma quarterback. Of course, I'm talking about Kyler Murray, who plays for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see him Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Dave Pash, where do you think Kyler Murray will be better in year three for the Arizona Cardinals? Well, similar to what I was saying about Rattler with his growth and maturity and leadership, I think that's the area where he has to get better. And I think he has so far. It's clearly his team with Larry Fitzgerald not here. He is the face of the franchise. He represents the entire organization. And it's something I still think he's figuring out. He's young and he's not the only one that's in that stage of his career where he's trying to handle all the expectations, learn how to deal with losing and adversity, something that, you know, Kyler hasn't had to have a whole lot of in his life professional life and his athletic life things have always gone well for him and been relatively easy for him so I think that's the biggest thing and they did not play well down the stretch last year and I think leadership and accountability was a big issue they addressed that in the offseason with bringing in guys like J.J. Watt but I also think you can still have guys that were holdovers from last year grow in that area and, and to me, that's the biggest thing for Kyler. How big a factor do you expect A.J. Green will be in the wide receiver core? I think a big one, Mike. I'm watching him in practice. I, I, I think he he's clearly still has a lot left. I understand people being a little hesitant to go there because he was hurt some last year, and he's up there in age, 33. But – Man, you watch him in practice, and you see A.J. Green. You see the guy that's incredibly gifted, athletic, huge, great route runner, great hands, and you know one of the best receivers in the league. And if he plays like that with DeAndre Hopkins on the other side, and then you've got a couple of really good players in the middle, I think Rondell Moore is going to surprise people who haven't seen him. I think you've surrounded Kyler Murray with some of the best weapons in the NFL. What do you think the division of labor will be among the running backs for the Cardinals? Good question. Chase Edmonds is going to start, and I think he'll be their primary back, but they brought James Conner in for a reason. He is a different back than what they've had the first two years under Cliff Kingsbury. You'll see more probably typical run-type formations and plays with him in the game. They've got a couple other guys they like behind those two, but those those are the primary two guys. And I think the difference in why Chase Edmonds is ahead of James Conner is he's a really good pass catcher. They can flex him out. As you know, the Cardinals like to do a lot of empty. And if 
you know, you've got a running back that's hard to cover in space as a receiver. It's just another weapon on the perimeter. So I think that's why we'll see more of Edmonds than we will Connor. But you'll you'll see him both on Sunday. Do you expect J.J. Watt to play the same role in the Cardinals' defense that he played in the Texans' defense for the last decade? I do, Mike. I think he'll play less. I don't think you'll see him as often. I think they're going to be very careful with his reps. But, yes, I would anticipate a very similar role. And I think, you know, he's got better players around him now. You've got Chandler Jones, if he's healthy. You've got some really good players on the interior. I think those two inside linebackers, there, there is a question because Isaiah Simmons played sparingly last year. And then, you know, Zayvon Collins, this is his first game. So, but I, I do think the role will be very similar for J.J. Watt. How are they going to use Zayvon Collins, the talented rookie out of Tulsa? I think very similar to what you would see with, you know, Fred Warner or uh, Bobby Wagner, uh, Luke Keekley. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to be a rangy, physical middle linebacker. He's kind of the new school. Now, he's bigger than those guys. Uh, he's, he's huge. I mean, he shows up on the field. He, it's pretty easy to spot him. He can run, and he's not afraid to hit. Now, the biggest thing is being in the right spot, not overrunning the play, all that stuff. But it's clear when you watch the preseason games and you watch practice, like, he's going to be good. He's going to be fine. I think there still are some questions about Isaiah Simmons, their first-round pick from last year, but I haven't talked to too many people that are really worried, ultimately, about Zayvon Collins. Now, you've got a great challenge this week and next week with Dalvin Cook and, you know, your offense, but I I just feel comfortable that he's going to be fine. Now, are his eyes going to be all over the place? You know, maybe this week with some of the stuff you guys do and Obviously, Derrick Henry coming downhill and Tannehill off play action, maybe. Um, but I'm really uh, very anxious to find out how he does. Dave, is secondary the biggest concern for the Cardinals overall? Well, the Malcolm Butler retirement doesn't help. You lose Patrick Peterson, but he didn't play well last year. I actually think they're pretty good there. Uh, I, Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Jalen Thompson, if he's healthy and he hasn't been, is a good safety. Marco Wilson was going to start anyway, uh, the rookie out of Florida. He had beaten out Butler. So, you know, when you lose a veteran, and nobody knows how Marco is going to play, but he, he was going to start. And you got Byron Murphy, a high pick on the other side. If Robert Alford is healthy and hasn't been in three years, I still feel like you're pretty good back there. And they do have some depth. I know on paper you might look at it and say, wow, you got a lot of young guys and maybe some players that you don't recognize, but I actually don't feel that that's a weakness. Now, that may my opinion may change after Sunday, but I, I feel pretty good about that group. What is Dave Pash's biggest concern about the Arizona Cardinals? It, it's about Kyler Murray taking the next step. I think you look at everything on the roster. They've done a pretty good job surrounding him with weapons. They've brought in leaders. They've brought in, you know, J.J. Watt, one of the greatest defensive players ever, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you, you know, I think the pieces are in place. You know, they were a disappointment at the end of last season. They didn't make the playoffs. So it's a big year for everybody in the organization. It's year three for Kyler Murray. If he wants, you know, Josh Allen money, uh, he's got to have a big year. And we all know that you need a defense. You need a run game. You need 
good special teams players, but ultimately it's about the guy pulling the trigger. And Kyler has shown flashes of MVP caliber talent, but it's being consistent. It's doing it over 17 games. It's, it's being a pro. It's being the leader, the face of the franchise, the guy that everybody turns to. That's what it's going to take uh, for the Cardinals to be a playoff team. And that, that's why that's the number one thing that I'm focusing on is, is Kyler's growth and taking that next step and being a true face of the franchise. Dave, the NFC West looks like it's going to be brutal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you could see all four teams making the playoffs. Stafford, automatically an upgrade for me over Jared Goff. San Francisco's healthy. Seattle has Russell Wilson and still has other good pieces. So, yeah, I I think it's the best division of football. All right, so who do you have on Saturday for ESPN? Well, it just happened to work out. So we have Pitt at Tennessee at noon on ESPN. So it's great. It's rare that it really works out that way. But, you know, a nice two and a half, three hour drive post game is uh, with an early game. It's it's beautiful. So I've, I get some sometimes some crazy scenarios <laughs> during the season. But thankfully, week one, it's it's a little bit easy. So you'll go to Knoxville and then just drive to Nashville and then fly back with the Cardinals. That's how that'll work. Yep. Yep, drive to Nashville, drop the car off, go to the hotel, yep, and then fly back with the team Sunday after the game. Just one more question about this because I'm dying to know. How close have you come to not making it to Sunday after you do a Saturday game? Has it ever been close? Knock on wood, uh, it it hasn't. There have been a couple where, you know, flights got delayed on the day of and you needed a police escort to get there. There was one where I think I got there about – 80 minutes before kickoff in Carolina uh, after a game in, at Ohio state. And I couldn't get out of Columbus. So I drove to Dayton and then that flight got delayed and canceled and all that kind of craziness. Uh, uh, but in terms of, you know, coming right up to kickoff. No, no, I haven't had that in, this is now 18th year at ESPN. So no, I, I haven't had that. I'm hoping that I don't. God's been good in that. I just have been, uh, you know, everything's worked out and I'm hope, hoping that that's the case. Cause it is that I won't lie that that's something I'm, it's always in the back of my mind. You're, you're always thinking about, okay, what happened? What's, you know, if this happens or this flight gets canceled, there's weather, how do you get there? But thankfully it's worked out. He's got Pitt, Tennessee on Saturday and the Titans and the Cardinals on Sunday. And he's got the Dave Pash podcast, which has some of the best guests. I mean, he's rolling them out there. Keep up with you. Dave Pash, thank you so much for taking time. All right, brother. I'll see you on Sunday. Well, that was fun to visit with Dave Pash. Mm-hmm. Especially because, first of all, he's a great guy and he's a great announcer. But the whole thing, he's gotten really famous because he does college basketball with Bill Walton. And Bill Walton is way out there. Way out there. <laughs> You know, we'll just start talking about the Grateful Dead in the middle of Arizona State versus Arizona basketball. and Sometimes that happens. Well, I mean, this I mean, the stuff with Bill Walton will get so far off track. And for Dave Pash, who is this classically trained Syracuse graduate announcer, to hold it in the road the way that he does is one of the great broadcasting feats of all time, <laughs> especially when you consider – that he still engages with Bill Walton even when he goes to crazy town. Right. And some announcers take themselves so seriously, especially at that level, 
that they would not do that. They'd be like, this is ridiculous. How can you act this way? Bill Walton is wildly entertaining. Right. Mike Vrabel actually referenced it when I mentioned Dave Pash on his radio show on Monday night. He goes, oh, I love Dave Pash and Bill Walton. Yep. It's a it's it's quite a pair. It's a little duo. Well, it's it's really it's really Bill Walton <laughs> and sort of Dave's and riding the in the, in the sidecar. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's just, but it's why you watch. You watch because you enjoy different people calling different things. Yes, I like it. All right, so some housekeeping to clear up about Sunday. Uh, if you want a live look-in from Nissan Stadium on Sunday, 10.30 Central Time, where do we find that? Any of the Titans' social digital channels? It's on the Titans' website. It's on the Titans' app, Titans' social media, Twitter. It's on all of those So places. we give you the update from the stadium. We've got the inactives. We've got some of the, the late news about who's practiced. It's really it's something that we're able to do for home games. Again, the Titans live look in 1030 on Sunday. Airtime on Titans radio is 11 a.m. for Titans countdown. Excited about that. Uh, also excited about Titans all access this weekend. Check your local listings for that. Amy Wells with a two-part sit-down with A.J. Brown, which is really, really good. Congratulations. Thank you. He uh, He's so much fun to talk to. He's just so fired up about football. Like, he, you never talk to people who are genuinely just grinning because they get to play football every day. He loves it, loves it. You know, the amazing thing about A.J. is I was working through his stats again this morning, and I remembered, of course, that he had gained 1,000 yards in each of his first two years, which is impressive. He's caught 19 touchdown passes in two years, and he's averaged 17 yards a catch. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? That's incredible. That's – I mean, it's really outstanding. And so yesterday I also, for the first time, I had a chance to meet Julio Jones. I had yeah. never met him and got to sit down with him for an interview that will air later. Really an interesting guy, thoughtful guy. Uh, total pro, was really impressed, came away from that uh, completely impressed having talked with him. So for the two receivers and then putting Josh Reynolds with them and, and Ferkser, it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like we've been impressed with Julio Jones every step of the way, which doesn't happen often. He's a guy that physically has been as advertised what we've been able to see from him on the field, just in the way that he does drills and the way that he works has been as advertised. And then getting to meet him and interact with him and him being a total pro and a decent guy to work with, and that is as advertised. That doesn't happen often. You know, the funny thing about Julio is you speak about meeting expectations. I've known who he was since his junior year of high school. Wow. And so that's 15 years. That's 15 years of football. He has met expectations every step of the way. How rare is that? Incredibly. How, how rare is that that, okay, so a guy's hyped in high school. Well, you see him and you go, yeah, okay. Then he goes to Alabama. And listen, he's a big commitment for Alabama. When he commits to Alabama, they're coming off a 7-6 and six season, which was Nick Saban's first year. They had been in the tank for 12 years. They, they had not been Alabama for a long time. He commits to them, signs with them on signing day. He's a reason they turned that thing around and that they are where they are today. He helped start that. Then he goes to the pros. The Falcons draft him sixth. 
and all he does is become a superstar his first year. I mean, you realize he's got a year where he had almost 1,900 yards receiving. He's got a game. He has a 300-yard game in his career. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, his numbers are just crazy. So for 15 years, here's a guy who has met the level of expectation, and now he starts with the Titans this weekend at 12.02 Central Time against the Arizona Cardinals. He's got to have ice in his veins. He must. Yep. He must. The other piece of uh, housekeeping that we need to meet is I made a joke earlier in this edition of the OTP that Amy Wells should get her own podcast. Well, she is. <laughs> That's actually happening. Amy has graduated from the OTP to her own podcast. Tell people about your new podcast. I'm excited about this new podcast. Titans Amy and Coach Mac, which, I mean. Dave McGinnis. Yeah, you can't ask for a better co-host other than you Mike you're great um Mm. but I mean coach Mac is just the ultimate renaissance man he knows everybody he's done everything he's got a story for every occasion and he's friends with everybody everybody so we decided well let's have a podcast and we're going to talk to everybody and it's just been so much fun to be able to sit down with coach Mac and really talk some of his NFL stories and really talk about some of the encounters that he's had over the year and just go through his cell phone and call these people that he knows. It's crazy the amount of people that have been like, yeah, sure, I'll come on your podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. It's It's been so much fun. So the guests that we have lined up are stupid. Like It's just insane the people that'll do anything for Coach Mack. I mean, if I were to say, hey, will you be on my podcast? They'd be like, no. But Coach Mack, yeah, happy to. So it drops on Friday. It drops on Friday. Um, our first guest, being that it is Arizona Cardinals week, and Coach Mack is a former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So we called in a little favor, and we are talking to Jake Plummer, the former quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals and then the Denver Broncos. And Jake Plummer doesn't do many interviews anymore, like almost none. He is not a he guy. He kind of just went away. He kind of just went away. And so it it was very fun to have a chance to talk to him. He was very gracious to do an interview with us. And to hear him talk about some old Coach Mack stories and kind of hear about the coach of Coach Mack was so much fun and I think people are really going to love it he's a fascinating person and then we also just get to do coach Mac stuff as he calls it you know I mean we sit around we talk about ball of course we'll talk about the titans and what they're doing and then we're talking about restaurants because coach Mac knows everybody and he's eaten everywhere and uh, it's well he is the most interesting man in the NFL it's just the craziest thing he's done everything he's been everywhere and so we get to talk about that and kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and just kind of do life with Coach Mack, and it's so much fun. We will miss you on the OTP. Yeah. And you can certainly come back and visit. And I will, often. And we will continue with the OTP. Of course. And we will be dropping it during the middle parts of the week. And then on Fridays, the Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast will drop, both of them sponsored by Farm Bureau Health Plans. But you don't have to pick between them. You can no, do both. No, listen to them both. I mean, shoot, you've got to drive to work every day. You might as well have a podcast to listen to every day. You've got to work out more than once a week, the doctor recommends. You've got to mow your lawn. 
I mean, you, there's a lot of things in life that you do that a podcast is really nice to have in the background. So listen to them both. Awesome. Well, going to miss you here, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm leaving my firstborn just in the dust, but I know it's in good hands. It's in good hands after three and a half years. We'll take care of it, we promise. So, uh, the Titans, Amy, and Coach Mac podcast debuting Friday, September the 10th, and we hope you'll uh, sign up for that and become a regular part of that and that you'll stay with us for the OTP. So, for Ashley Farrell and Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. We'll see you Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Thank you for tuning in to the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.